Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Thanks so much for joining me today. My guest on today's episode is Samantha Redfern. Samantha is a mixed media visual artist and a British expat who has made her home in Singapore with her husband and three children. Incorporating symbolism such as crowns, flowers, nature, shapes and graffiti, Samantha's abstract style embodies bright colours, exuberance, fun and energy, reflecting the visual cues she notices in her daily walks around Singapore. Samantha studied fine art at university and has a background in photography, pastels, drawing, watercolours, spray painting and creative writing. Her art has appeared on cosmetic packaging, on swimwear and she sells and exhibits her artwork all around the world. Today we chat about using art to survive lockdown, experimenting in art, the role of women in lockdown, the patriarchy in art and the economics of a working artist. We also get slightly off topic and chat about teens on social media, the stark realities of motherhood, body image and internet trolls. I hope you enjoy. This episode contains discussions around low mood and miscarriage. Welcome to the podcast, Samantha. It's so lovely to meet you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. How did you end up in Singapore? So um, we... So me and my husband, we met at university. So I did a fine art degree mm-hmm. and he did maths. So, you know, made, yeah, made sense. <laughs> like, I'm really bad at maths. What do you do? I do maths. Oh, it's perfect pairing. <laughs> so, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, we've been together since we were 18. We've been together for a really, really long time. Yeah. Had three kids. Um, but the third one we had out here. So we, I don't know. I think we were just stuck in this this routine like particularly me because my husband was working in London he only saw the kids on weekends I was just in this this routine of just housework Mm. like housework and childcare and it left me no room to even do anything like there was no one to look after the kids so even in the evening I couldn't go out anywhere or do even do like a Zumba class or something like that because I couldn't leave the kids husband wasn't home till about you know 10 10 at night so really really long days yeah and we didn't have Netflix or anything like that so you just end up you're surfing through the chat I was just bored I was just really really bored and frustrated because I felt like I loved the kid part playing with the kids but actually lost who I was or any kind of ambition or motivation just seemed to be non-stop 
washing you know folding clothes like all that kind of thing which if you are someone who loves homemaking then yeah sure that's 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 great but for me I never loved housework never loved that yeah you know wasn't my my being with the kids yes loved that I've always been a massive animal lover so always had a lot of pets and had my dogs and you know loved being out walking with them taking the kids for for days out but then this opportunity came along my husband was offered a potential role overseas and it, it never happened and at first I said no god no I'm not moving I'm not moving like what like and then I just thought why why am I adamantly saying no like if opportunities come along like should we have that knee-jerk reaction to just deny it and I, I started thinking I thought wouldn't that be an ex- you know an experience or an adventure or something that opens up loads of possibilities we lived in a small village and day, days were quite similar and then weekends was like where do we go local garden center um b&q which is a homeware store you know and mowing the grass <laughs> and everything else every weekend <laughs> i thought why not so we yeah we we found an opportunity and we moved um over here the dogs and and the kids and just uprooted and it was just the best decision it was honestly the best decision yeah wow that's it's daunting but exciting you know like it's you you don't know what it's going to be like when you get there but you're just going for it (laughs) yeah I honestly I just thought I don't know maybe I will hate it maybe we'll hate it and I told everybody we'll be back we'll be back in two years two years we'll be back we're just doing this for a little bit and then it's six years now. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet you, you probably can't see yourself going back, probably. No, the lifestyle here is so different. Like, you know, I can run my business. I can see friends. I can do this stuff. I can, in, if we moved back, everyone else's life would kind of be the same. Mm. But mine would change. Like, yeah. That's the thing. The mine that would be negatively impacted the most. And I don't want to give that up. Like I've been working for my business so hard, put so much into it. Yeah. And if I had to go back and then not have time for it again and, and not I just I just couldn't I just couldn't literally kill part of myself off. Because that would that's what it would feel like. Yeah. You know, it's like goodbye to this period of my life. And I don't I don't want to. And everybody's so happy here. The kids are happy here, my husband's super, super happy here. And it is hard because with covid we've been separated yeah so never in in a million years that i wouldn't see my parents for two years mm. you know yeah but life life happens and it's been really really tough but it's still the right decision a lot of expats moved back home because of this because they couldn't be separated yeah. but from a family perspective we feel like it's the best thing to be to be out here i'm just yeah. hoping just hoping this <laughs> goes away yeah, <laughs> you know, please, please go away yeah. Yeah, so tell, tell me all about your art. Um, I know I've looked at it 
I've looked at it on you online and it's so bright and vibrant and and what you said just through this conversation about you just want people to feel good and make people feel happy and yeah tell us all about it so I actually didn't start off by doing kind of like bright happy artwork <laughs> like you know it just it kind of evolved and I realized when we moved to Singapore like there seemed to be a, a gap in the market for abstract art for the, all the white walls because most people here you're renting right. you know it's, it's, it's expatriates or like you know not saying most people I'm sure lots of locals but for expats and things most people are renting out here and you and you get the bog standard white walls you know everything is is white and then people have bought stuff from home or they've left stuff from home I just thought actually I want something for my walls like you know and I don't want something mass produced and and we're not in a position where we can just go and buy something that's like 30 you know 30k or whatever so I was like maybe I should do something it'd been such a while since I actually tried to paint because I've been doing photography and I've been doing pastel pastel drawings and watercolors for you know just people or myself of like my kids or pets or whatever yeah. but I hadn't actually really got some paints out since university or other than you know finger painting with the kids but in that kind of more like yes okay let's let's make something yeah and then at first it was like what do I paint you know, when people are like, okay, go on and go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what do I paint? So I just thought, well, what, what do I see? And then I, I, I walk a lot and, you know, I was going out, I was taking all my photos of all the tropical plants and things like that. And of course, the colour inspiration. So I was doing mainly plants and flowers. And then it evolved into my cityscape series, which is the, the combination of the the architecture here surrounded by this kind of lush tropical rainforesty foliage um and then it evolved more into the abstract expressionist pieces with the graffiti style and the, the colors so it's very much a evolution but everything kind of stems back you know to the beginning with the the flowers and the nature and the the shapes so a lot of the shapes i use in my work um they represent things like they still represent the buildings like I use squares a lot which represents like humanity in a lot of ways um I've started incorporating um crowns and things that was quite a recent um thing I did a breast cancer painting mm-hmm. um just, it was called Yas Queen and it's pink and it's like you know it's it's crazy I had boobs in there and I put crowns in there and it was like a real like empowering like piece and I liked that and that's how painting makes me feel I feel empowered mm-hmm. it's like it makes you stand out from the crowd like you're not just anybody you're an artist and you're expressing yourself and that does make me feel um confident I like the reaction you know when yeah. people say what do you do and yeah. you're like oh I'm an artist and I, I love that it makes me feel really really empowered so I think yeah. that's what what the crowns come in as that kind of symbol of like you know yeah I'm I'm, I'm doing my thing and I feel positive about it yeah that's a, that's really cool I love that mm-hmm. 
sort of you talked about your photography and your pastels have you you've always done a bit of art throughout your whole life yeah literally I did um from the my, one of my earliest memories of preschool is, is one of my teachers saying oh well done Samantha you've really you know you've done a good job on this and I think do you know what when you have positive affirmation from teachers it's so important not all teachers are good and not all teachers are encouraging but when you have that, it makes such a difference for a child. I mean, lucky. I've had some teachers that totally dismissed me as nothing, you know, like I wasn't sporty. So the PE teachers and things, they were like, nah, can't be bothered you. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked English. So my English teachers were always very good um, with me. Like I like creative writing. I write poems and little kids' stories and things like yeah. that. So anything creative for me, Yeah. not sporty crap at maths like terrible at maths I think because it's so it's either right or it's wrong mm -hmm. and I don't like that I like things that are open for interpretation and I think with artworks yeah people see different things it, it evokes different emotions in people whereas yeah some I'm sure it does but for some people who love maths they get very excited about equations <laughs> <laughs> but for me like no <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm hearing you I don't have a maths brain <laughs> oh no oh just honestly awful and then I did it for um, my GCSE so I did um art and design and then I went on to college and I did uh, basically a double a level in art and design which is great because basically spent most of the time doing art I did English as well so I did a level English and I did this double um uh, art um a level I loved it because I think this is what's made my practice kind of what it is now because I'm really experimental I like to try different things so people were like okay you're doing this now or you've done this but it, for me it, that's what art should be it shouldn't be like oh I've nailed something someone's bought it I'll just do a thousand of these until I die it's more okay what else can we do and I had this teacher called um Yuna and she was always like that's nice what happens if you stick this on it you know and that was her attitude it's like yes that's a nice painting what can we do to really make it not just a nice painting but just something you know elevated somehow yeah. and, and that's that's exactly how I, I've I approached my my work when I started doing the mixed media stuff and 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 I love it now and I'm, I find it really hard not to stick stuff on my work mm -hmm. when I'm painting something out <laughs> oh. wow well, right. oh, throw this across or, or get the <laughs> Pan and uh, spray paint can and just just cover it in it you know and I think when you're not scared of ruining a piece it mm -hmm. enables you really kind of like let let go and I think society can be so so rigid and 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 we're doing our same routines and for me it's like this this big uh, release of energy and everything is just getting a canvas big canvas I like working big and then just going to town on it you know it's so releasing and yeah. anybody can do it. anybody yeah. can do it it doesn't have to be something that's going to go and hang in the the tape modern or whatever it's just yeah. part of tapping into yourself and that primitive urge that so many of us have like with singing or music or dancing or you know whatever yeah we have this urge to express ourselves yeah absolutely
Um, so you've mentioned just in passing just a little bit about your kids and their ages. Could you tell us a bit more about, about your kids? Yeah, so I've got um, a 12-year-old uh, daughter. And, um, yeah, I was, 20, I was 26 when I had her. So that's actually, like, quite young by today's standards, you know. It's, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel overly young. And, in fact, I'm glad I had her then because I had a kid later as well. So I've got a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, wow, your body is just so much more tired, you know, <laughs> so much more tired in your 30s. Yeah than it is in your 20s now I don't think everybody has to like make decisions based on you know where they are in their life and like you know the situations and circumstances um and for us we got married quite young so we were married at 24 um I don't know we just kind of thought shall we you know as as so many people do when you think about having a family it kind of tends to be a bit you know can be a bit of a like a shall we yeah and and you know it worked out everything you don't expect it not to though with your first you know yeah, you don't expect that's it you don't know any different about. do you yeah <laughs> you don't know any different you don't know about troubles with conception or miscarriages or things like that you just expect that mm. you're pregnant and it'll go it'll be fine it's quite mm. a nice easy breezy <laughs> pregnancy but with with her like I was working so I had a sales job um and I'm wanted to make a lot of money so that I could have comfortable um, maternity leave so you know I, I basically had loads of orders coming in or come through and get big commissions that in my head I was like if I go for coffee and a cake or like you know want to treat myself to something um that's all on I'm paid for it so I'm not going to be like a financial burden by not you know not working and then costing yeah. extra yeah um but then I wanted to go back and I tried to go back, but our company was bought out by someone else. And then my job wasn't there anymore. Oh. And they said, you just have to keep applying like through the portal. And so I was applying for jobs. I mean, I probably shouldn't have applied for finance director. You know, I didn't really have that, the credentials, but <laughs> the, salary, the salary looked really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sure I'll go back to 90k <laughs> sounds oh, good <laughs> but yeah I tried anyway I did I did try and then um we got pregnant with my middle child my son yeah so there's literally one month off three years between them oh. um and yeah I had a miscarriage in between uh, two I think two in oh. between um yeah. you know so I know then when you have that that other pregnancies you learn that it's not always plain sailing and it's not always you know a given that you just get pregnant and then just have babies um but yeah so having having Tate and then you know when I had a call from my company it's like are you coming back to work I was like well you know I'm kind of (sighs) pregnant and they're gonna have another baby and then with with him I did the maths of what I would go back to salary wise what it would cost me to commute to work, what it would cost me to have lunch or coffees or get buy new work wardrobe, you know, and then car, petrol, maintenance, childcare. Yeah. I would have made literally like a couple of grand. Yeah. Like once you subtract it all, I'm taking home about two thousand pounds. I was like, that and that's a year, you know, that's not like a month. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, 
and then I just thought, actually, we're okay without my salary. We've managed, you know, we've managed. I've got voluntary redundancy, which helped, and and then it's like we're okay. We just keep living the way we're living, and then I'll stay at home with the kids. And mm-hmm. so my husband, you know, he was working long hours, and of course he would have encouraged me to go back to work, or he would have supported me, like whatever. It was very much my decision. But he did like that I'm there all the day taking photos. I'm there firsthand with the kids. I can tell him, you know, all the little stories or show him the little video clips of what the kids did during the day rather yeah. than us coming back, you know, knackered in the evening and then just hearing it from the childcare. So we were very yeah. privileged and very fortunate that I could have done that. But everything that is positive always has the negative because, of course, I stepped away from the corporate world. Mm, so yeah. I could have been climbing, carried on climbing the ladder. Yeah. So I did take that sacrifice in a lot of ways to spend time with the kids. And then, although they won't even remember it, you know, it did benefit them hugely. If they don't remember those years, yeah. and then you always get those comments, but daddy works really hard, you know, and that, I was uh-huh. kind of like, oh, that's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you just, you just do this. I mean, you just, you know, get the hoover out. And it's like, okay okay you know you don't you kind of like don't get the credit you don't get the credit and you feel like you should you feel like you should be like I'm doing everything you know and I'm not getting paid I'm like free (laughs) yeah exactly yeah isn't that interesting yeah I actually had um my I was putting away some washing the other night my eldest no my little one I've got a I've got a 13 year old and a six-year-old my little one says Mum, why are you always the one that does the washing? And I said, that's a very good question, Digby. Why is that? And he goes, because you just have time. And I said, well, maybe I don't have time. Maybe this is something I have to fit in amongst everything else I'm doing. So why should I be the one that And it got him thinking. And I thought, this is the first time in all these years anyone's actually said that, you know. like, And I I had this conversation with a a mum through this podcast and she said I don't remember having the conversation with my husband where I decided I would do everything with the children she said it's just a thing that that society expects you know it was like I'm expected to give up my job I'm expected to give up my art my body my life you know um Mm. and it's like well you wanted kids so there you go like it's just this this thing that happens to us and there's what society is society isn't very sympathetic I see this when I read comments like never read comments don't read comments it's like a horrible rabbit hole where you just think oh my god there's yeah. no hope for humanity yeah but I remember the age-old debate about parent-child spaces yeah you know you have yeah. them in Australia right so um I didn't realize the importance until I had kids and you realize that actually and even being pregnant as well because it was a situation I couldn't get into my car because somebody had parked and I had this massive bump I couldn't actually get yeah. into my car oh. but then with kids you're getting them out but then you understand that you need to open your doors wider to be able to mm. get car seats in and out and strap your kids you need to get right in there strap them in but yeah. then people like nobody asked you to have kids it's not our fault you just shouldn't get a special treatment and it's like oh my god do you not understand how society carries on so what if we all just went on strike yeah no more kids yeah. <laughs> you know, then what then yeah. what then society collapses yeah the, the you know no one's there to pay who pays people's pensions we're doing this 
a good job we're doing a service and if we do a good job raising our kids yeah. that is better for society the yeah. people who throw it all in and, and and raise these nice people so nice people that are going to society and yeah. that that isn't just done do you know what I mean it's not like well done I've had you I can just leave you alone and then you'll grow up to be an outstanding member of society it takes a huge amount of work yeah yeah that's the thing I've that yeah someone else said said the words that that the people forget that we are literally raising the next generation like we are we are whatever we do and how we do it affects how society is going to be you know 20 30 years down the track you know so what we do has so much value but because it's not a monetary a monetized thing that value no. just disappears or dissipates it's just not valued it's hard, it's hard. <laughs> Wait, i know i don't i don't i'll get back on tiktok This, this is an interesting topic. This the last three mums that I've spoken to have all we've all gotten to this this topic about the the way that the mums have been shafted basically through through COVID. It's yeah, we're yeah. the first ones to go and the least appreciated, but you know, doing the the really hard emotional work. But you know, that's just what you got to do. Um, society just expects that. And um, one of the mums said. Because she was selling her artwork, it made her and her husband as well feel like it was a legitimate job. She said, if, if I was just doing my art uh, for me, just as a, you know, something fun or something I enjoyed to do, it, it wouldn't have been um, important enough to keep doing, you know. So yeah. it's also that monetary value that we have to place on it, things. The importance is justified by money. Yeah, that's what society does because yeah. it says that you're, you know, if you're a big roller, then you're successful, and it it doesn't. It, I mean, success is totally subjective, mm. anyway. Because am I successful only if I earn crazy amounts of money? Like you know, mm. and these artists are doing incredibly well. They're not. The, they're definitely not the 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 rule. They're the exception. Mm. Yeah. the rule and female artists to get to that point it's pretty much impossible mm. because society still banks on the male art artist so if you go to auction yeah. it's always the, the male artists there's their works that are going off for billions you know mm. women tend to get that that look in and until society changes if it ever changes mm. don't know because every time we go in the right direction, something comes along and it sets us back. Yeah. Like, you know, with COVID, set women back. Climate change, the people, they said the people who suffer the, suffer the most with that will be women. So it's like, we keep, and we, we keep bouncing back and we're trying, we don't, we don't give up. It's like, yeah. keep, yeah, keep going. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, what is success? I feel successful because I'm doing something that I, that I enjoy I want to make money for it like and, and I need to really because otherwise 
how, how am I going to pay for my materials or whatever mm. but a lot of the stuff that we do is this kind of unpaid work mm. right because when you're self-employed everything that you're doing your your Instagram and then people people say oh but you're just messing around on Instagram it's like I'm literally not like I'm a marketing you know professional okay yeah. <laughs> because this, yeah. you know if it and to be that person I looked into like how much it costs to get someone involved in all that kind of stuff and it, it's expensive mm. so doing all this stuff myself to cut cut costs yeah. um and yeah when people laugh somebody laughed and I said oh it's expensive to be an artist and somebody laughed I went no it really is yeah yeah and that, <laughs> that's the mentality isn't it that's how they that's what they think it's like what what you just you're just fluffing around doing whatever yeah that's yeah, the image and, that people have in their mind yeah and, and they don't realize when they see something sell and they go whoa money bags and like you don't realize how many canvases I've bought how much paints I've bought you know my studio I went it's like these these things I'm putting in and I still not I'm still not making huge profits or anything I'm keeping enough I'm making enough Mm. so that I can keep my business going but if for for whatever reason I suddenly had to be the main breadwinner I couldn't do this full-time you know I'm not making enough that I can be like sure guys I'll pay the rent I'll pay the you know I'll buy the food shopping honestly I couldn't yeah I want to get point and that's what I'm working towards so that's my goal like okay I can keep my business going now but I want to get to the point and I think I'm entitled to get to the point doing this mm. that I can be like I'll pay the bills you know yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it you know I'll, I'll put food on the table like yeah you know yeah I, like I don't that. think it's good on you <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's like unrealistic or like you know unjust to want these things and and kind of have that motivation to try you know try to do it yeah absolutely now good for you I think everyone's really had enough of this pandemic oh, oh god just so mm. depressing i think it, it did stem my work like through through the pieces like i then was kind of i went through this rebellion because it's so like you know unhappy like i'm not a really i'm not a really upbeat person all the time like i'm, I'm a pisces so i am like one minute i'm like i love everybody everybody's amazing and next it's just like oh my god don't get near mommy you know it's just like you know it's just literally changed it's like um, and I do, I do get bouts of like feeling low and feeling down and, and things like that but I'm, a, I'm, I'm an optimist so my husband's like a bit more pessimistic and I'm always like it'll be fine it'll be fine let's do it let's go but I do get down um not just constantly high on life and I did find it really hard um because so many of my plans were cancelled as well and I didn't want to feel down because I was like how dare I you know people are really suffering yeah. And then I kind of thought, well, actually, I am entitled to acknowledge that I feel down. Like, yeah. seeing it from the rooftops and, like, you know, say, oh, woe is me. But, like, yeah. just to allow myself to actually acknowledge that I feel a bit, a bit low and a bit disappointed. Mm. And I think 
disappointment is the hardest emotion to deal with like as a kid as well like kids yeah. you know you're talking going to Disneyland all of a sudden you're not going to Disneyland that is such a hard that's such a hard emotion and it doesn't get any easier as you're an adult yeah yeah that's so true (laughs) and you tell yourself you should deal with this you're a grown-up you you know but you still like one of the things you just think oh man I'm really actually disappointed (laughs) I was maybe flying to all these places all these countries and doing these shows and things like that they're like wow this is going to launch me I'm going to be there in the scene I'm going to meet who am I going to meet different artists different galleries different whatever yeah. and they're like no you're not going anywhere you know you'll you'll stay in Singapore for two years <laughs> but I guess the the upside to that is no one else is going anywhere either so you know exactly you're not exactly. going to miss out on that <laughs> exactly and I did just channel it I reversed it and I went through a blue period though. I did people who followed me for a while. I remember I just painted like nonstop blue stuff. This was in lockdown to begin with. I was like blue, blue, like depressed blue. And then I was like, no, do you know what? Fuck off. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. I'm yeah. going for colour. And that's when like I just literally rebelled and I made these like obnoxiously cheerful like <laughs> pieces. It's a kind of like fingers up to like that kind of down feeling I was like no I'm going to surround myself with these joyful colors and joyful things and we were in our house right so we're in our house can't leave anywhere it's had all these paintings all over the walls I hung everywhere and it was so nice having that and I realized people realize being at home they should have more art you know yeah. when you're stuck actually having just some peace if it makes you feel cheerful it makes you feel good honestly it does change your space and if you wake up to that and see that it does lift you as well you feel like oh I'm surrounded by something beautiful something positive and it has that effect on your mood like instantly yeah absolutely it's like you you've decided that the outside world's going to hell but that's fine because in my space everything's lovely and good and I'm creating you're making you're making it what you want it to be. It's like, a control. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people, when you feel out of control, you want to harness some control, right? And this happens a lot of the time. It was a period of time where we were all just completely out of control. Um, and I think when you can control some element of your life, it brings you some kind of relaxation and some kind of safety as well. It's like, well, I can't control this. And particularly as we were, we were a family of five, and the rules were all like, you know, groups of two. So you could go out or, you know, or, or one. And I had a toddler. So my youngest is four. So in the height of lockdown, he was two years old. Mm. Like, so full of energy. We'd take him to his little preschool. We'd take him to, like, all these indoor playgrounds. He could run around and just burn off that energy. Yeah. All of a sudden, he can't leave, you know, the house. And it's like, wow. The older two they were all right they were already into like gaming and that kind of thing they could entertain themselves pretty much but mm-hmm. having having a toddler is like a whole new yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want to go out you want to let them run out and I wasn't worried about like them not getting any vitamin d mm. or anything yeah we don't have a balcony we weren't even allowed outside so this oh. is how bad it was yeah. and we don't have a garden because we were in a like a what they call here a cluster house which is like multiple units with shared you know shared pool shared shared gardens yes. so because you don't own it 
we weren't even allowed to go outside. Mm, like no, remain in your property. Like no bal, no balcony, no you know anything. So it was really tough. Oh, that's horrible. That yeah, is horrible. really. And we because we were in a what they call a condo um, before, and I'm so glad at least we moved to this house because now we kind of more separated. So it meant that my husband could still work without everybody being in basically one room because how stressful is that because if you've got somebody somebody trying to do a job and then you've got shouting kids and then you're the one and but then also I didn't want to because women really suffer during this because all of a sudden their work if it weren't paid enough you know you're you're not the breadwinner your your job has to take that that slip you know yeah and this always was what happens and how are we ever supposed to catch up if we can't do it you know if he keeps being told oh yours is just a sideline yours is a hobby yours is yeah. you know it doesn't in the big bucks it's never going to bring the big bucks is it if it's always a sideline yeah, exactly <laughs> you, know? yeah. you, you never can't... get the chance to <laughs> no exactly it's always like oh first sign of trouble you've got to yeah you've got to look after the kids but my husband he's he's very he's very good so strangely you have to say oh he's very good but you know he, he you know he doesn't ever try and dismiss my my job what I do as a sideline or a hobby and yeah he's really supportive and he's got a huge amount of belief in me and I think that makes such a difference you're in a partnership and it works both ways because I've always supported him you know as well so it goes it goes both ways Listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. You talked about doing your pastels and your watercolours and stuff. Were you doing that while the kids were little? Like, were you able to do any of this? When my daughter was born and the first, like, year of life, I think, for maybe my son, I didn't do anything. Honestly, I took photos. I've always had, like, an SLR camera and I'm just, like, um, to go out and do that. I took loads of pictures of my kids and all that stuff. But I literally had no time. And I I tell people, I used to have this recurrent dream where we we had a house and one day I just discovered this door. I opened the door and it's this whole wing, like, of a house, like, this stuff that we didn't even know we had. And it's like, oh, my God, wow, when did we get ballroom? (laughs) This house this house must be worth a fortune you know and he's just like I had I had this dream so often and I remember looking into it and doing a bit of research and they say it's when you're there's a part of yourself that you're ignoring and neglecting and it's there the whole time going come on come discover me and it made total sense and yeah. like because this is what I've done I've literally shut myself off um my interest my creativity just was like just not being utilised. I used to tell my kids stories and made them up and that kind of thing. So it was creative in, in different ways, but in terms of actually physically creating an art piece, yeah. it was totally neglected. And then um, I took a picture of the kids and I thought, 
just makes such a nice drawing. Like it makes mm -hmm. such a nice drawing. And uh, I just got pastels and I drew it. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Like, it's really nice. I haven't done things so long. That's really pretty. We framed it. And well, and then I kind of just started me doing that. So I used my daughter a lot of the time as like my muse and I do little drawings. And then other people in the village was were like, oh, can you do my kids? And can you do my dog? And can you, you know, do all this? And then that started the, the business in its early infancy. Mm -hmm. So that when I came to Singapore, I registered business. Mm -hmm. here because I was enjoying doing that I wasn't bringing in much money because it, it it doesn't at that point um and I did it for again businesses friends people um, paying me to do yeah the kids a family whatever and that gave me some confidence and also yeah like a little bit of extra income like you know um but it wasn't really ticking the boxes in terms of um letting loose creatively because when you're doing someone's kid you can't suddenly be like oh I'm gonna stick you know <laughs> stick a biro on there <laughs> like, you know, yeah like, um this doesn't look like my child and um, so you, so you know, it's, it's very much formulated you've got to grid it out you've got to apply it it's got to look like the person you're drawing because that's the whole point of those kind of paintings yeah. and I thought, okay but does it really identify like me as well it's like does it stand out is it recognizable because the next part of being an artist is is developing a style and your style can change it doesn't have to be this is my style now I'm good I'm staying with this stuff ever because you look yeah. at the masters you look at the artists in history their work isn't the same thing replicated like basically carbon copy whatever yeah. and, and you've got artists that do everything like installations um uh, like Yayoi uh, Kusama, right? So she's she's got photos, she's got installations, she's got paintings, she's got. But you, you don't have to pigeonhole yeah. your creativity. You can really, yeah, like circumnavigate the whole um, the whole spectrum and and just give things a go. I've done pottery. I've never done that. Um, yeah, right. Recently, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for a pottery course. Yeah, like you know, why not? <laughs> why not yeah <laughs> why not give oh. things and you learn you just learn different different things about your you know your capability I mean I'm I'm not gonna do pottery going forward I think at first I thought I was I had this romanticized idea that it'd be super easy like just throwing pots and then I imagined painting them in these colors and I just kind of thought yes Gonna, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my thing, and it's like, you know, and I did it. I'm like, oh, they're really shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, still, I still carried on because I'm, like, I'm a trier, and I've got some nice pieces around my house. But yeah, it's, it's not, it's not for me. I find it too. Uh, I just like what painting gives me, which is mm -hmm. the just the freedom. That, that's for yeah. me. I don't like being restricted or following a formula which is you know pottery and things like that it's it's an exact kind of science and there's a there's an exact kind of way to do it and I've got a huge respect for them but also it just takes so long <laughs> yeah <Sometimes right. laughs> long. You've got to knead your clay out then you've got to you know roll, you roll it and spin it and put it and then you've got to wait for it to bisque and then you've got to glaze it and you've got to fire it so it takes weeks to get one piece yeah 
studio can roll out a massive canvas like a huge canvas and just spend the day slapping paint on it and like you know building it up and yeah I think in terms of maybe I maybe I'm an instant gratification person maybe that's <laughs> it I need to work on this maybe I need to work on this <laughs> like you know maybe that's it I need to take my time more like rather than uh-huh. expect to come out at the end of the day with something workable you know that's very interesting <laughs> Well, they say um, in, in yoga, like I practice a lot of yoga and one of the, the terms they, they say, um, if you hate a particular pose and that's the one you need to work on because that's the one that's challenging you, might not be physically, but mentally. So there you go. Yeah. That might be, that might be your, your thing. To... Yeah. I'm really impatient as well. It's like, I've got no patience at all. I hate queuing. Like, you know, I hate that kind of thing. I'm really, really impatient like as a person. Um, so yeah but I've started doing yoga as well yeah, um yeah. I need it because I'm so I'm so uptight I'm like a real kind of wound tightly wound kind of person yeah. and uh, I've got issues with this because it causes me um physical pain like I, I clench my teeth oh yeah yeah and just my neck pain is awful I've been having physiotherapy for it for ages and some days it's so bad it just gets me really really down because it's horrible living in constant like constant pain yeah. it's really um and then it puts me off going to the studio because when I go to the studio I spend a lot of time on like hands and knees like doing all that and then mm-hmm. and you're staring in one position a lot of the time as well and then you know I end up hurting my neck more sometimes yeah. after a lengthy day um yeah. in the studio so I'm like okay well, I've got yeah I've got my mouth guard now I'm trying oh, yeah. this and that um yeah. and then I'm like right I need to do yoga I need to find that harmony that relaxation and just learn to focus on doing that yeah and not constantly oh I better check Instagram oh I better do this I've got to upload to this I've got to do that or I really should be painting or I should do this or I should do some exercise you just a little you know there's so many things oh yeah yeah no no 100% in my head I'm like oh how (laughs) how much longer but I love it and I started doing this outdoor yoga last year I've had a number of health problems which have stopped me from getting in into into it I want to and I think the motivation's there so just just life keeps getting in the way um but they do this outdoor class at the botanical gardens and I say I love walking so for me that is my exercise I don't like the gym I don't enjoy any of that I like just walking taking photographs like just getting out and in nature Mm. quite often on my own just just the solitary you know stop off have a coffee on my own like yeah I love it yeah, I love it I found that really really relaxing yeah. um so I started doing this outdoor yoga class outside and the yoga itself was fun like it's nice but my yeah. favorite bit was the last bit where they get you to lie in yeah yeah and lady had these like ice cold flannels that um, you put them over your face and you just lay there like yeah. totally exposed because there's there's everything there like you know otters and, and, <laughs> and monitor lizards and things so, you know they're watching over you to make sure like you don't get attacked <laughs> <laughs> you're lying there and it just that was just the best moment like yeah. that because people don't find that 
that's like the quiet solace just pure relaxation in our day-to-day lives really we don't really yep that's it yeah My daughter is 12 and she's not allowed Instagram and yeah. the reason I say no is because for me my my algorithm knows I'm only interested in art accounts so mm-hmm. my home my home page and my explore page is like just basically ours they do still sneak in some celebrities you know yeah I've there. noticed that too <laughs> yeah like you know the spider-man guy and stuff like that I'm like yeah shown any interest in in that but it seems to be really really pushing that I should be interested in in that I'm sure there's like the big companies must pay to be able to get their stuff on that that explore page because their stuff comes up about like just say I've because I'm a I love Star Wars so Adam Driver like from the actor from Star Wars any movie that he then is in it comes up with the the trailers of that and I'm like like, I love Star Wars. I don't necessarily love this guy, but I love Star Wars. But they're trying to, like, you know, push it. And then Lady Gaga will come up because he was in a movie with her. Yeah, yeah, she's like, on, like, yeah, yeah, she's, that's it. Her and the guy yeah. from Star Wars, you're right, that he's yeah. all over my Explore page. I've got, like, um, Harry Styles, but I don't mind because I do actually watch the Harry Styles stuff. So I'm like, yeah, fine. Like, uh, I, do, I do like his posts. I'm like, it's fine. I don't, I'll watch them because I'm quite happy to have art and Harry Styles, like, yeah. on my, you know, Explore page. No. Yeah. But when my daughter, when my daughter borrowed my phone and she started looking at this, it was like about a year ago, I think. And yeah. she was looking at these road, you know, Roblox, whatever it's called, Rob, Roblox. Oh, Roblox, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was looking at some room examples or something. And then I looked at my explore page and then all of a sudden it's full of women. Oh. Like women, you know, little clothes and things like this. And I said, this is the problem. Like, you've looked at that and it's gone, what does a person who's looking at this want to look at or if they don't want to look at but what you know and then mm. it's saturated with unrealistic female um body types and things like this and I, I use it as a as a way to have a discussion you know with her about these filters because yeah. I'm guilty of doing it too right yeah not every like not every post I put on my feed is is 100% own natural with no no lighting tweaks or something oh, like that yeah. but then yeah. You know, like, come on, we live in a day and age and, and there's nothing wrong with trying to show your flattering, you know, more flattering stuff. Some of them are just, honestly, then there's nothing on there. There's no filter. It's just filmed straight from my thing because, yeah, I'm not trying to sell cosmetics or, or whatever. It's my artwork. Yeah. But yeah. then totally if I'm doing a reel or something, then, well, yeah, yeah I, I I'm guilty. Yeah. But that, that's the thing too. Like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look the way that you want to present yourself either like um I had some photos done recently because I'm releasing a new album next year or hopefully this year and I got some photos done and the lady that did them is like a proper portrait photographer so she's telling me like put your chin out and drop it down and then lean forward and all this and I'm like I know I'm gonna look I'm gonna look better because my double chin is not gonna come out as much (laughs) I'm like this is okay because this is I mean and it's a it's a a technique I suppose to to make you look more appealing I don't know and I thought when I was doing it 
I thought, is this bad that I'm not just standing like a normal person? And then she said to me, we get shamed into doing this. This is the thing. Like you say, you're guilty. I feel bad too. And I always, if someone says you look great, I'm the first one to say it's a filter. You know, and yeah. I think it, but we've got to stop doing that because yeah. the, the celebrities or whatever, the Instagram influencers, they're not being forthcoming with that information. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, um, even the amount of airbrushing, like, I didn't realise till I don't know how long ago, when maybe 10 years ago, when all this big thing came out about the airbrushing they were using in magazines and all that. Um, oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, so they're not that perfect. Like, you know, you yeah. have this moment of you think that because you – I don't know, they, there's these, these people that exist in the world that are absolutely flawless, you know, but maybe, yeah, they're, yeah. maybe they're pretty good, but no one's absolutely perfect. You know, when you zoom right into your pores, like uh, no one, no one is that perfect. That's the thing with, the, you know, models and, and things like that. In, in your teen magazines, like we, we didn't have internet when I yeah. was little. We had all these teen magazines, like Just 17, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So we'd read that. But they would airbrush all the girls to have these flawless skin. And there you are, you are like 14, 15 with a breakout and, you know, yeah. a bit of a tash. And it's like, where, where, where's, you know, where are these people? And am um, I just an anomaly? But then you're looking yeah. around your friends at school and you're like, nah. It's, yeah. You know, we're all the, we're all we're the same. <laughs> but and saying that too like when I had these photos done the photographer asked me if she wanted she said do you want me to airbrush out some of your you know your crow's feet or whatever and I was like no because that's me you know like I don't know I just felt like okay you can make me look more flattering physically that's fine but don't take away my character you know like that's you know, all this goes into my art and my creating. Like if I hadn't experienced life, I wouldn't have these lines to show it and I wouldn't have the story to tell, you know. I know. I know. It's, 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 it is hard. And when you're putting your face on something, say like your music, it's a bit like a book cover mm. in a way. But, you know, somebody's going to look at your album and then the first thing they'll judge it on isn't by the contents because they can't see it, they can't hear it, you know, they don't know. They might not know your backstory. They're literally it's like taking that first image of you and yeah. making that decision if they want to press play on the, you know, on the thing or, I don't yeah. know, do people buy CDs anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I still get them printed. But, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, that's this is the photo, right? So that's it. That's what they see. Oh, and you're right. from that, they have to decide if they like my music or not. You yeah, know, like, exactly. they do. how bad is yeah. that? <laughs> I like it though. I like that. It's really nice. It's really approachable. It's an approachable <laughs> photo, you know. And if that, I don't, I haven't listened to music, but <laughs> from now, I, I, I would get that it was more uplifting. So you're not like a sulky, like I don't know, you might be, but from that <laughs> image, yeah. you know, yeah, I think it's right. like kind yeah. of more like uplifting rather than yeah, depressing, doom and gloom. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's look, look at you go. You're like the analyzer person. That's really. <laughs> I think as a woman, we are totally judged on, um, 
more of our appearance and like you can't win because honestly if you show too much flesh you're told that you're selling out or you're doing this yeah. if you're too conservative then you're frumpy and and you know I had um a negative I don't get trolled like I might do after this but <laughs> I don't get trolled you know I don't I I think because I'm, I'm not controversial I don't have like I don't share strong opinions or strong views I keep it like no politics no religion no you know because it's not that's not what my my painting is about you know it's about more like making people happy rather than provoking or you know any kind of religion. but I got trolled um a while ago the photo was me and I live in Singapore right it's hot it's sweaty yeah. I live in shorts and like little I have a little you know singlet tops or little t-shirts because it's boiling it's like 33 <laughs> degrees all the time and hardly anybody wears anything it's just day to day yeah. and uh, the photo I was in I was just wearing what I was wearing that day so I hadn't got changed or done anything special for it I just what well, but this is what I've been wearing while I've been painting I'll just sit in front of it and take a picture yeah. and somebody wrote wow good job setting back women painters 50 years <laughs> I was oh. like, but the thing is they didn't realize their comment is setting that back exactly. 50 years not me exactly. because as a woman I'd be entitled to wear whatever I want but also wearing sports shorts like you go to a fitness page like are these women getting like you know if they're wearing a sports bra I wasn't wearing a sports bra but if I was you know I'm allowed to <laughs> yeah. and I, like, think, oh. I, I think a comment like that just shows where that person is in their mentality like yes. they are in this in their being they are the ones holding it back because they continue to think like that you know yeah, they, they made the decision to see you like that because that's how they're yeah. feeling about yeah. it you know so strange because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a sexual but even if it was but it wasn't but you know it's like still like it's my prerogative I mean if 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 a woman wants to show her body it's like it's up it's up to them I'm not going to go through and the internet I'd, I'd be there for weeks you know just putting negative comments on anybody who's scantily clad for for male female uh, transgender whatever there's, there's so much flesh on display on Instagram but if you're looking for that I wouldn't say come to my account. Um, changing tack just slightly, I want to ask you about the concept of mum guilt. I mean, we call it mum guilt here. I don't know if you, you have the, the official hashtag mum guilt over there. Um, but, yeah, do, do, have you come across that sort of and to do with your art, like taking that time for yourself? Do you have those feelings of, oh, I should I should be with the kids or that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, 100%. Yep. Actually, when I started painting, like property painting, I waited until the kids were in bed. Mm. It's like, you know, I painted until, like, midnight because yeah. I, I, I was like well I don't want it to take away my time with the kids um so I was yeah I was doing it cramming it in so instead of time where I should have been probably relaxing it was like now I've got to got to create content <laughs> got, to, got to keep going I think with yeah. Instagram it's like one of those things it's quite good in a way because you know you have to create content so it it pushes you to make that schedule and make sure you're showing up. So it stops you kind of slipping 
away and think oh I'm a bit busy at the moment it's just taking some time finding some time because you don't even have to do anything massive or spectacular honestly like I've started um this year doing abstract faces right Mm -hmm. and they're small they're a3 paper um and I'm just doing them because it's busy it's going to be busy this year I've got lots of stuff coming up I'm having my wisdom teeth out this week and I know I'm going to be you know I'm not going to be able to go into the studio and do you know massive pieces and things like that I'm going to have to take it easy um so having my a3 paper and some paints here I can find some time to do something small and and with now the kids are older and so they're all at school and stuff so I don't feel the guilt but when I was then traveling this is another thing to method guilt right so it's kind of oh but if I do this show and I go then I'm going to be away I'm going to be in a different country away from my kids whereas yeah if you're if you're a man that's your job you just travel yeah. a lot yeah I'm not saying they don't all feel you know don't feel guilt because there'll be a lot of men that travel and they don't want to mm. you know they don't want to but you know whatever to go where the the money is and whatever but yeah you do feel that oh I'm away from my kids I'm gonna rush back and get back you know get back to the kids and like whatever but what makes it all worth it or a lot, a lot of it worth it is like how well they're over it now but when I first started when I started selling they were so proud and they're so excited and they were like yeah. oh wow and they tell their teachers oh my mum's an artist my mum's this oh. My middle son's always asking me if I'm famous yet. <laughs> How many YouTube subscribers, you know, people have and all this. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't have that. Um, I'm not, I'm not famous. <laughs> but you know, it's different, different measurements. But I like that now they have that. But now, if I sell something, I'll be like, I go to my daughter. I'm like, I sold these things. I did that. And she'll be like, mm. <laughs> inspiring them to to be more creative and I think them growing up in a household that has a lot of art mm-hmm. is a really nice it's a really nice way to grow up like books as well it's shocking how many how many houses don't have any books mm. we have loads of um books and art I think are, are super important none of us are that musical I wish we were yeah. like, you know I wish, I wish we were I never learned an instrument I feel like probably not going to now (laughs) it's probably the ship has sailed and the kids do music at school and apparently my daughter's quite promising her teacher was saying that she is you know she's she's showing some um some promise in music because it would be nice if one of them did something musical you know it'd be nice just yeah, got the clarinet out or something. I was like, geez, <laughs> oh, just kept what you wish for. My son is learning the bagpipes. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, at the moment he doesn't have a bag at home, but he has the chanter. So we'll be watching the television and he'll just walk down the passage and just stand there in the lounge like, I'm putting on a show right now. And my husband and I will just be like, um, hi. <laughs> But yeah, I was just saying, careful what you wish for, because you end up with that clarinet in your head at, at four o'clock. In I the think morning. you were going to. It's a bit of a shame. I'm um, things we're not like we're, we're not 
really really super pushy parents either because yeah. my mom and dad were so laid back like so laid back they never pushed us to do anything yeah I just on with it and I think it's quite good because I think self-motivation is really important and if you're having every aspect of your life managed but you don't have that it's like oh now it's guitar lessons now it's Chinese now it's extra maths it's like yeah hey you're not allowing yourself to ever have a moment of what shall I do with my life like what shall I how shall I entertain myself there's all these things that you think you should be doing like you know I joined TikTok and YouTube and 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 LinkedIn and Twitter and then thinking about this it's like there's just not enough minutes in the day to do them to just do them all you just never do anything yeah I basically I stick to I love Instagram that's my favorite um social medium um and I did I looked at TikTok and I thought oh god I could spend all day just looking at stuff on here and not do anything else so you do you do honestly I stopped I've stopped looking at it because the algorithms they know what you kind of want to look at and then if you look at a few videos then it was just showing me non-stop videos that were making me kind of angry and it's like oh this isn't and this is what the problem with some social media is that it, it does that doesn't it and it can make mm-hmm. you kind of feel angry about something and I'm like I don't want to be watching this and feeling angry particularly if you tend to scroll just before you go to sleep yeah and then I'm yeah. riled up you know about yeah. issues to do with women because it knows it's like it's like oh she's got some feminist you know feminist views that's give her like non-stop feminist stuff and then I'm just getting really angry and like you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn that algorithm The thing is, like with with kids, like no one really prepares you either for what mm. is what it's like. And I really struggled. I'm somebody who really enjoys alone time, like you know, very comfortable in my own time and my own space. And if I'm with people all the time, it drives me just insane. I just need some time to just yeah. be away from people, not talk. I'm like a very social, antisocial person. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, but then all of a sudden, you've got something with you 24 hours a day and and you know I've never had a baby I remember them sending me home with her and I was like you what you know I've never had one all right <laughs> shouldn't somebody accompany me <laughs> you know what happens you know yeah. you need some medical attention I don't, I don't know and and it is that feeling was like well done good job off you go yes you're <laughs> your person to take home <laughs> it's like it's it's so crazy and I went from being able to go to the loo and have a shower and a coffee or just whatever go to Sainsbury's or you know our supermarket and just browse you know look at the home or items or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god get in there now get go 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 grab the essentials and then she's screaming her head off because she suddenly decides she's starving then you've got to drop the trolley and then run off to find somewhere to like whip your boob out and I mean it's just completely different just 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 like that overnight 
Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I had this feeling when I when I left hospital. I thought, are, are you sure that I can, am I, am I okay doing this? Like, do you sure you don't want to, like, vet me to make sure it's okay that I can actually do this? Like, no, if you were adopting, you'd have to go oh. through the top, but you know, you've yeah. had it, so you're, you're good. It's just this, <laughs> this, this assumption that you'll know what to do. I remember this woman, I was, because I was very, um, yeah, I hadn't been around a lot of kids when I had my first child. I didn't really know what I was, I mean, no, no one knows what they're doing, but I had, literally didn't know what to do. And um, I was bathing, gave, gave the baby's first bath. And I was like, how, like, how do I wash him? Like, what, like how hard do I press? Like, what do I do? And this nurse goes, <laughs> Just listen to your intuition. You'll know what to do. And I thought, no, but I actually don't know what to do. <laughs> like, and they could show you. They meant to show you in the hospital as well. It like, was I just remember. like, uh, oh, I don't know. And there was this, oh, my God, this thing, this saying, because, like, I'm a very, like, I like to know structure and, like, I'm not as bad now, but when I had when I had Alex, it was like I wanted to know what was going to happen, like what my, what to expect with this kid, like how's it going to work, how often do I feed him, how long is he going to be sleeping for? And this nurse said to me, oh, every baby's different. And I thought, well, that's a fucking great answer, isn't it? That tells me nothing. And then um, it's true, though. It's true because some of them sleep, some of them don't, some of them get colic, yeah. some of them don't. And it's funny because it wasn't until I started to work, I worked, started to work in childcare when Alex went back to school and I just went, oh my gosh, now I understand that, that yeah, yeah. what she told me. But at that time, I just wanted someone to tell me what to do. And of course, no well, one can tell you what to do because no one knows what your kids are going to be like. I, I didn't read any of them books either. You know, I just, I'm just like, do you know what? They, I don't want to be stressed out by schedule I'm not somebody who's a very scheduled I'm totally unscheduled you know into the yeah. point where it's like I forget what my schedule is all the time it's like get a phone call like, aren't you supposed to be here now I'm like shit <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to be worried about like oh I'll feed you at 11 and then this time and it wouldn't have worked with Isla anyway because I pretty much gaffer taped her onto my chest all day because that is just what where she wanted to be and and I just didn't do anything else and I, my husband would take her so I could just get a break yeah it's like because as soon as she's on me she was just rooting rooting root all the time yeah and like using me basically as like a giant pacifier yeah you know? <laughs> it's like it's like can you have her for a bit and he was so good in the way that he would always as soon as he was there would would take her and and it always allowed me to get some rest I mean he couldn't do the night feeds they just refused we tried we tried I tried like you know the bottles and things just so I could but I was woken up anyway yeah. and I'm somebody I'm awake it takes me a really really long time to get her to sleep so and I could then hear him struggling to try and get her to have it and I just thought it's just not worth it actually because it's not it's not getting anywhere I'm not getting any more rest and it's yeah. just as as a mum you you have that it's a horrible trigger isn't it that when you feel hear your baby crying it's a it's a primitive you know primordial like anxiety yeah. um that you that it just triggers like now I can hear a newborn baby cry and I'm like oh <laughs> you know <laughs> at the time you're like oh my god oh my god this is oh, terrible this is gotta, you know it's just really did set all your instincts like heightened alert mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And then the physical, like your body starts to, you know, you start to leak because it's like, right, eh? yeah. 
I, I mean, no, it, that happened in, um, I was in Target one time. Alex, mum was looking after him when he was a baby and I heard this baby cry two aisles across. The next minute, my, my boobs went. I'm just like, yes. hang on a sec, that's not even my kid. <laughs> it had me. I would hear them crying in the shower and it wasn't even them. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you know, I'd be having a shower and I could yeah. hear them crying. Like, yeah. open the door and it's like, no, no, there's no... You know, there's no, no. But with with, yeah. with my kids, my husband wasn't there. Showering becomes a real luxury. And I remember being trying to have a shower at like a lightning speed. I've got Tate, my middle son, in a baby bouncer, like literally facing me while I'm in the shower. And I'm trying to sing to him and like be like, you know, keep him really happy. He's just like puce in the face, just so <laughs> angry that he's a baby bouncer and he can see me and, and obviously can see the boobs. And he's just so outraged. Yes. <laughs> But little things like that is showering, feeding yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. honestly, feeding yourself. Like, just Adam, my husband, would take Isla just so I could have my food. Mm, yeah. Just little things like that. You can't even yeah. eat, shower, go to the loo. Like, it's just so relentless. And you're just not prepared for it. Nothing, nothing can prepare you for it. No, and that's the thing, too. Even if people do try and prepare you for it, you just dismiss it because you go, oh, it can't be that bad, oh, you know, because you've got no idea. It's no like, idea. It wouldn't matter what anybody told you. I remember reading a book and it said about um, what to do if your baby's fussy or whatever, and I was like, I don't need to read this. My baby's going to be perfect, you know, like just total blissful denial of what's about to happen to me. <laughs> you just kind of think to yourself, I love my sleep. This one's going to love it too. None of mine slept. None oh. of mine slept with them they were over two um it just is it just is what it just is what it is I mean you hear I've got friends who've got kids that were like five and didn't you know didn't sleep through so you just got to be grateful with your you know oh, yeah. grateful with your but my middle uh, my middle son he used to get colic and stuff oh. and that was really horrible um so I was always trying to feed him that you know the gripe water and the yeah in for coal and all that stuff yeah. because the worst thing was even when he was asleep he'd make these noises mm. so I'd be trying to sleep and I've got this kind of like you know little writhing thing and he never wanted to not be close to you so there was none of this sleeping you know in a bassinet like there or like in a cot so I didn't feel comfortable having him in my bed either because I worried about suffocating him especially when you're so tired yeah. he's just exhausted I worried like what if I fall asleep and like roll on him or something mm. so what we did is we took the side of his cot I mean now you can buy these you know great yeah. inventions we can literally yeah. stick them up we took the side off the cot and just put it right up against my bed and I had to sleep half in his cot half in my bed yeah. and as soon as he was asleep I try and retract you know so like this like a ninja yeah trying to leave my own space but he just sensed it they sense it They're like she's yeah. no longer here and I'd wake up and I could barely move my neck and my arm would be like dead like pins and needles <laughs> oh god yeah yeah the things we have to do hey <laughs> yeah 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 um, and, and and they won't remember any of it <laughs> no it's probably for the best to be honest <laughs> trauma <laughs> well those early those early months are so so fundamental in a kid's development like if you don't do the right things they're never those connections are never formed yeah and that's perfect 
or never developed a way they're supposed to so all those little things that you did like all the silly talk and all the you know the smiles and all that is yeah. so so important is, and all the cuddles and and I think that's it you you feel stressed like because you feel like you should be doing so many things like you know when you've got this newborn especially if you've got a toddler as well it's really it's really difficult mm. um but those cuddles in those first it's just so quick like six weeks and it's different right yeah oh, when yeah. they're yeah. tiny 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 and just having those moments to like cherish but they snuggled up on you and they smell yeah. nice and yeah, they're yeah. there and they, you know it goes so fast mm. it really does it really yeah. does yeah and my daughter now she's 12 she's gonna be 13 this year she's the same height as me she's gonna be taller than me I'm not I'm not that though so it's not that hard but you know she's already so grown up mm. like and I think people always say oh kids are so grown up these days <laughs> like you know and yeah. I think probably I don't think I think I was probably the same they just have access to more information these days that's the that's the difference we didn't have they're connected to the world <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we just didn't have that yeah looking at it in my sport shorts yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's it's called making my claim and that was the whole the whole thing about like ties into the feminism and just saying like mm -hmm. I'm here like I'm a woman I'm here I'm a mother you know mm -hmm. I'm of a certain age because society kind of discards you when you reach a certain age in a way and it's just saying that like, I'm making my claim I'm here I want to be a contender and and having ambitions is something that's often um, you know it's kind of oh ooh, she's ambitious ooh. you know it's kind of like a, a negativity when it comes to a, a woman yeah. but it's like it's okay to be ambitious like it's okay you know you yeah. should be good and it's okay to put your own your own needs not above everybody I don't believe that it's like oh my needs first because I'm a mother and no but my my, my needs are there though they're there and mm. and, and they be met it shouldn't be the top of the, the list because that's just not how it's just not how any family not should work. yeah run. no it's yeah. the same with like you know a kid you can't say your needs matter above everybody else's like all the time because mm. you're going to grow up with this kind of like little little dictator compromising like compromising just so everybody's living you know nice happy yeah nice, happy exactly everyone's getting their needs met but no one to the detriment of anyone else and it's you're not setting anyone up for you know failure through their life by think making them think that they they're up here and everyone else is down here and you know yeah no it's, it's, it's like about going for what you want and everything as well and but understanding that not everybody's on the same you know not everyone's running the same race as well there's, there's things that will you can be a really hard worker but you'll never get to the point that somebody else from a more privileged perspective will reach it just yeah. it's just not it's just not how the world works and that's that's yeah. just 
it it's horrible and we're fighting for change and we're fighting for you know saying just by being present on social media and having a platform being a woman and showing our faces and showing our art and yeah. encouraging other women to do the same then at least we're doing a little bit to get it in the right direction absolutely and the more more people that do it it just you know it just builds on itself and just keeps keeps going and going to one day it happens yay <laughs> somebody said to me recently who's your main competitor like in Singapore and I was like well I don't have competitors because yeah. you can't if someone likes a piece you can't go up while they're in the process of buying someone else's piece and be like what about mine you know it's just like people yeah, they just it's just there's no such thing as competitors you can be like better known so you can mm-hmm. fight for your space market because we have to you know it's like that but yeah. you can't you can't fight to be you know for somebody to buy your piece if they're going to buy someone else's and it's like mm. actually this is quite unique in that way this what we're doing like, as artists we really really support each other yeah and, yeah and learn from each other as well there's so much learning and I say actually I learned so much from Instagram like it's just full of inspiration getting inspired all the time so I did a post recently I just said like you know massive props to all the artists that are doing that they're putting stuff together and giving it to us for free mm. you know yeah. yeah it's it's for free and we can see not just a couple of paintings a year at a show yeah you know whatever, which we would have done 10 years ago whatever yeah but we're seeing daily posts you know, from yeah. people's people's practice it's, yeah. it's 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 crazy yeah yeah it's unreal isn't it? no, thank, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you it's been so lovely me too i feel like we could chat all day i know <laughs> me too thanks for your company today If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.